sense but, to even like this portion of the audio clip just to make him feel better? Oh no, I'll probably cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I I doubt that any of our friends are listening to. Uh, welcome to Phantom Nonsense. I'm Zach. I'm Goose. And I'm also Nolan. Yeah. <sighs> so you may have noticed since the uh, since our comeback a slight end tilt. What? What? <laughs> a slight end of the world. Right. A slight end of the world. Yeah. Um, well. But just barely. <laughs> a speed bump to the world. <laughs> right. No. A. Uh, a slight tilt to the left in, uh... Oh, 45? Oh, uh, no. No, um... In our podcast, since we've, oh. since we've come back. We're on, like, episode 11 now, by the way. Of, oh, shit, for real? Yeah, of this, like, new, like, audio format style we're doing and everything, yeah. Oh, killer. It doesn't even we're deeper like in that. this than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I know for myself, and I think for you, Goose, you just jumped right into, yeah, cool, radical politics, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but for me, that shift happened over a very long time, but really accelerated in the last year. And, uh, the reason, the big reason for that uh, is what we're going to talk about today, um, because Oliver Thorne, known to uh, most as uh, the host of Philosophy Tube on YouTube, uh, just put out a video um, like last Friday uh, called. It's some. Uh, I don't have my phone on me right now, um, and Goose is looking it up right. And their fans. Artisan, artisan fandoms or something oh, yeah. like that. Artists and their fandoms. Yeah. Um, artists and fandoms. Artists and, and fandoms. And you should definitely go watch it um, before or after. Probably right, before. What? Oh, I was saying you're right. Artists and fandoms. Cool. That's exactly right. Cool. Um, but before or after, whatever works for you. Uh, just probably before for context, but um, anyway, yeah. so you might not care about that though, right? I just want to hear a sweet hot take. <laughs> so, today or whatever, tonight for us, morning for you, it doesn't matter, the world's falling apart, time is relative. Um, <laughs> my job isn't though, mm. yeah, the. I mean, time and money are, are both relative and don't exist, but are necessary to each other and dependent. And anyway, um, so I guess I'll start at how it started for me and then we'll get in and you guys can tell like whatever, like how it how it connected for for you because I know I showed you guys a lot of a lot of stuff but I'm sure there's a lot a lot of things you found on your own organically that that connected over time and all of that and um what a 
what the potentials of a of a community of creators like this is and what a role of something like that might be in the situation that we find ourselves in right now um so we'll get on we'll get into all of that but i would say for me it starts at after the after the bernie campaign ends and i'm already watching um I'm watching Kyle Kalinske in Secular Talk every, pretty much every day. Um, TYT lost me. They went too hard for Hillary. Um, I wasn't... I watched Majority Report sometimes to a point where I wasn't subscribed, but they would show up in my recommendations a lot. And I'd watch it if the... If it felt like worth worth watching, um, I didn't get into into Michael Brooks or anybody like that until a little bit later. Um, and but Kyle, along with uh, Cenk Uger, formed or founded the Justice Democrats, and and so I was an early uh, supporter of that. And was on the subreddit a lot, which led me to the uh, AOC subreddit. And for all of like 2018, every single post on the AOC subreddit was a Chapel Trap House cross post. <laughs> like every single one, or every every good post was a post from Chapo. I fucking love Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> The funny thing is, Chapo is one of the last ones I actually get into. Yeah, like, me too, actually. Like, because I go, I go to the Chapo subreddit, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> I, like, I, by being called a, a lib and seeing Bernie called a, uh, an imperialist and all kinds of, like, like, harsh radical things, like, what the fuck are these people talking about? What's going on? I start looking up things, and... The, and I feel like I'd seen Ollie before, but maybe it's just because his format, his his older style of video yeah. is so like standard to that kind of video in the like that era or whatever. But I feel like I'd watched some of his those older ones before um, when I went back and watched um, his videos on Marx. And then I watched uh, a Richard Wolf lecture, and somewhere along the way of of doing that, and um, and being on the Chapo sub, I ended up on the BreadTube subreddit, and I started to see uh, people that I'd already been into for a while, because it's also happen it's also happening at the same time that I love like watching people talk about things that I like and like hearing an analysis of them and everything. And it's like, I don't like, I don't like being like spoon fed an echo chamber or whatever. But at the same time, like if people are going like, it was Star Wars, it was episode eight. And if people are just going to shit on it all the time and say the same things that I've already heard and like critiques that I, sorry, I 
don't agree with and don't actually challenge my my feeling, just drive it in more. I would actually rather hear someone who likes the film and is in the minority, at least of vocal people who like the film and like it enough to say something knowing the backlash they're going to get from haters because they're probably going to have a, have a take on it that I didn't consider and I really love that film. So a lot of the people, like that small segment of people that were actually like saying good things and going against the hate mob end up being people like uh, Dan Olson of Folding Ideas, Lindsay Ellis, um, and those kinds of those kinds of people. Uh, uh, Big Joel is another one. Um, uh, Mikey from uh, Film Joy makes amazing movie reviews. Um, Renegade Cut. Yeah. Uh, Leon from Renegade Cut. No, I started like bumping into those kinds of people just just from watching like reviews and stuff, and they stuff top end up popping up on BreadTube and stuff, and so that all starts starts connecting. And then, uh, however, I end up watching just because I like watching something new all the fucking time. And there's just not enough. If you're just if you're into a very specific niche, very specific, it can actually be hard to have enough content on YouTube to watch all the fucking time you want to have something new to watch. Unless you watch the news. And finding... Finding people that were, like... I mean, basically... However, I ended up back at the majority port. I ended up back and watching that and then going over to Team BS and blah, 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 blah. And I think it really starts with uh i think there's an episode of uh majority report where virgil was uh co-hosting or not co-hosting but he was he was a guest on and there's an episode uh, of tmbs where felix was a guest on mm. and um somehow I listened to a uh, a softcore history with Matt Chrisman, and that was one of the first like actual Chapo episodes that I listened to. And then, so yeah, Chapo is one of the last ones that I actually like get into and start listening to. Ironically, because that's really where it all starts for me is on their subreddit. But anyway, so where does it where does it connect for? For you guys, well, like the first time any any sort of left ideas were ever like really introduced to me in a kind of a material material way was the Bernie Sanders campaign in twenty sixteen. But like, I still didn't have the like theory or anything to really get into it, or like the any of the education to to really be. A, anywhere deep in the left at all. Like, I had a very sparse political identity at all. Um, Let's see. I mean, I did start off, I guess, with the majority report and stuff. Like, Sam goaded me in being a comedian and uh, just kind of having a pleasant affect while also kind of tilting towards the left. He's, you know, more of like a 
social democrats of anything. Yeah. But like, yeah, that, that, that kind of pushed me to the left a little bit. Uh, yeah, philosoph- uh, philosophy tube. <laughs> that pushed me pretty far to the left too. H bomber guy was was big for, for me for some reason. A lot of st- he was like a stepping stone though. He does he's not he doesn't really like go full mask off that often. Like in practice, he's done some pretty lefty things, like the whole uh, Donkey Kong yeah. uh, live stream. Also, I feel like motivations uh, are a big issue. Like I was one of those like kind of new atheist people in like the years immediately after high school and I was into that whole genre of obnoxious YouTube videos uh, where it was just some person ranting to uh, a camera saying that God wasn't real can you imagine that how dare they Jesus funny because I also kind of kind of come from that a little bit like um that was when anti-establishment themes were first implanted in me yeah I generally do see the world like in terms of (sighs) metaphorical struggles now because of having a deeply religious background yeah but I think that was the first higher conflict I was able to be aware of and then understand that it was actually a conflict of, of people and manipulating forces and for political wins. Or what I, I would eventually come to understand were right. political wins. Yeah. Like how how power is actually manifest in our society. Oh man. I've said the word. <laughs> we're all joker fine. <laughs> That's my favorite, favorite fucking meme right now. Have you seen, it's just, um, it's just Joaquin in the, in like the psychiatrist office. And it's just like him, just like the, like just the grin on his face and the caption is just, I'm going to become the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So sorry. But yeah, I watched the Joker and then. (laughs) Yeah. I immediately was, you know, wanting to watch the world burn or whatever. No, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what came after that shit. Let's see. I mean, the Steve Bannon episode of Philosophy 2 yeah. is a really good one and really has a very strong case for kind of anti-fascist uh, rhetoric and, a, a, like, I got a PDF of the anti-fascist handbook, and I read that because uh, Ali referenced it in another video, mm-hmm. The Philosophy of Antifa, uh, which I, I love that video also because it, it expressed a lot of things I had a lot of trouble expressing yeah. for a long time. Cause it's, well, and it's, it's frustrating when you know that your opponent in that kind of discussion is not going to play fair like at all. Right. And that was, I think that was the, the breaking point for me. Cause like, I, ideally I would side on the, on the other side of it and the side that I used, I used to side on, um, to not put myself in a bus alone that we used to side on that. Yeah, of course you can use violence in self-defense, but using, 
precipitatory violence yeah. is, you know, is always wrong. And sure, from a personal moral standpoint, yeah. But what Ollie explained in that video that really, like, broke things open for me is every every political ideology legitimizes violence. That's what politics is at its core, is legitimization of violence. And liberalism legitimizes violence against... Poor people. Yep. And the global south and, you know, the exploited class. Uh, socialists and anarchists legitimize violence against the state and capitalists. That's why... That's why when... When someone is crying fucking crocodile tears about people being mean to Rand Paul, I don't oh give a God. fuck. I this is what I someone's like, you have to be too mean to Rand Paul. Would you rather Rand Paul not have health care? I said, no, of course not. Of course you should have health care. Everybody, but so everybody, should I. everybody should have health care as a right. He should die in spite of it. <laughs> Like, no, I don't care about You know, Rand. this comes, like, not even 24 hours after he voted no to give, exactly. like, a Exactly, yeah, exactly. I'm, like, we're at war with these people. I don't care about them. And, and fascists kill or inflict violence on any, anybody that doesn't fall in, fall in line or that they can't, they can't use. Sometimes them as well. And so... It that opens up the broader conversation of when you're talking about like something like that and like the actual like mobilization of of those kinds of ideals. You're not just dealing with with racists um, just saying slurs anymore. You're dealing with the mobilization of really dark tendencies in society and. They're not afraid to use violence. Even if they're smart enough to not use it in the short term, they will use it in the long term. So that open, really opens up that whole, like, debate to me of, like, well, like, yeah, sure. Um, what's his fucking, what's his fucking name? Um, asshole who got fucking punched. What? Asshole who got punched. Oh, uh, um. The wrestler? No. The, uh, fucking... Uh, I can see his face. Yeah, I can see his face getting punched over and over and over and over again. S is an S, is an S in there? Yeah, there's an S in there. I think S Steve. I want to say S Steve. Oh my god. Oh man. Just look up white nationalists who got punched in the face. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a few good ones out there. There's a few real primo Nazi punches out there. I hope you are all visualizing it with me and yelling it at me right now. Yeah, what the fuck is it? Sean Spicer. No? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Spencer? I, Richard Rich Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, Richard Spencer. There we go. Sean Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, but yeah, what's... What about you, Goose? What's your, like... How do you... How do you fit into all this? right. Well, I mean, I mean, you guess know, your like, boyfriend is some kind of socialist and you just caved, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I actually, uh, I discovered Young, Tur Young Turks before, like, the whole Hillary thing happened because, like, You have to be more specific than that. Which Hillary thing? Like, uh, I guess, like, her, like, 
presidential election that I was alive for. Okay, I was, gonna, I was gonna say like so twenty sixteen that so like Benghazi, Libya, like yeah. you got a whole list of yeah, that's words. fair. Benghazi. Uh, that and then my like I occasionally would have teachers that would just like force us to listen to NPR. Benghazi. <laughs> and I think those were the first couple of things I was exposed to, but then they all got super radical, either one way or the other, and I kind of gave up because I was like, well, my family's telling me I don't, like, believe in, and this is kind of close, but not quite it. So then, whenever I met you guys, and you guys, like, showed me all these other videos, I was like, oh, shit, that's my shit. Right. This makes sense now. This is, like, the things that I've been trying to figure out. Because I wasn't allowed to listen to or talk about politics with anyone because my family was like, oh, you're not enough to vote? doesn't pertain to you. It doesn't fucking matter. But they did say never trust the government. My family, I mean, I remember, I remember my parents having, it must have been 96. There's no way I would have remembered a conversation from, uh, from 92. But I remember my parents were, uh, was it Perot in 96? Was that the independent? Ross Perot? Yeah. Pretty sure it was. Who's the other, who's the other one? I think who like died recently. Oh, um, Old Democrat man, come on. No, it was an he was an independent. He wasn't. Oh, he was an independent. Oh, yeah. Oh, Nader. Yeah, Nader. I can't remember if it was Pro or Nader, um, but my parents were like staunch, like, no, we're voting for for them, and uh, our pastor was like, no, we, we need to vote for the Republican. Blah 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 blah. And then, uh, and for whatever reason, because now, like, my dad is a diehard Trump supporter. Oh, my dear. Yeah. And I, I feel I like I've got... to my dad. <laughs> I feel like I've made some leeway with my mom, but we'll, we'll see. But, um, so whatever guided that decision, I remember that. But I don't, my parents never, like, were one way or the other about politics. Like, my dad listened to um, conservative talk radio all the time. And, Yikes. yeah. Yeah, my dear, though. I know Rishi Limbaugh's voice so fucking well. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. God damn. Oh, I'm gonna throw a party, but, mm, yep. Um... <laughs> And yeah, when he, <laughs> yeah, when he dies, when his egg hatches, yeah, my like family would fall into anything that had the had the kind of like aesthetic, and I'm like air quoting that specifically mm -hmm. of like agreement. Well, good old country boy aesthetic, oh. even like when it's obviously trying to sell you something that's not, which is why they Gross. gave in to Trump and Bush so easily. So one of the <laughs> first things that. <laughs> So weird. Yeah, I don't. Cause he's a hardworking businessman who pulled himself there... up by his bootstraps. Have you okay? It's on Hulu, so if you haven't, do it like tonight or tomorrow. But have you guys watched Sorry to Bother You? Yeah, yes. we watched it a couple like I a year ago. Yes. Okay. The we were not ready. <laughs> right. Okay. So when he's when uh when Danny Glover is telling him about. White voice. White voice. Yes. He says it's what they want, what they imagine themselves to be, or what they want to be. Yes. That's Donald Trump 
to rednecks. That's oh, yeah. That's why. You're right. They all they all want to be uh they all love fucking entrepreneurs and shit. They all uh, want to be Cuz they always been told that that's what their dream is if they just work hard enough and it wasn't right. handed to him, so he's going to come in and do it for them. Right. With a small loan of just several million dollars. He managed to build an empire. Wow. Yep. Yeah. But and the strippers and hoes are just part of that life, apparently. Politic. Okay, so politics for me, really, really, I can't believe I haven't thought about this in so long. But when I was like eleven or so, it's the it's the Tea Party movement is coming oh, in. Oh yeah, fucking. Boy. And Glenn Beck brings some like show whatever on the road and it comes to for, to the Four Rivers Center and he Are you telling me you saw Glenn Beck live? Is I saw I saw I Glenn, Beck Glenn Beck live Beck shit. with I saw Glenn Beck live with my with my parents. Did you pick up one of his albums? Who is Glenn Beck though? Um <laughs> that's the worst. Alright, he's like a he's a grifter. He's like yeah. a conservative grifter. He does that whole shtick. Is he still like, alive? He really performs yeah. His emotion and he's, okay. he thinks that America you, could slip through our fingers at have any you seen, time. Have you seen the guy that has the chalk that has the chalkboard all oh, the time? Yeah. It's got like a whiteboard or a chalkboard. It's, all, it's always a chalk it's always it a, a chalkboard, chalkboard yeah. yeah. The chalkboard and he's always like making Circling. like it's like Hillary, Benghazi, was she there? Socialism. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've seen people making fun of him, yeah. Yeah. Um And he definitely like like all of them went off the rails more than he already was, but like he's like weird now. He was kind of anti-Trump whenever he was running. Yeah, but then he like you know he made the flip. You know, he, yeah, he was he was kind of wave, a yeah. he's kind of a paleo conservative back in uh, the day a little bit. Yep. Um, which at least is better than than a neocon. But true. the first like real conflict I had was like, okay, but it's like historical record that, and at the time I was a I was a Christian, but it's like it's historical record that the the founding fathers weren't all Christians, even if they were, the Constitution says what it says. And it's like, his whole argument was like, we're founded as a Christian nation. That's what the whole, like, thing was about. That's what the whole, like, presentation was about. And so that was, like, the first, like, conf <sighs> like conflict I had. Like, not the first one, because the first real conflict I had with, with, like, the whole, like, Republican thing that I grew up under was, was Bush. But that was like the first one that's like really like foundational as opposed to just like uh, an ideological difference. I had no like real say over, but this is like, no, like that's the Constitution. Like that's supposed to matter to us as Republicans and blah, 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 blah. Um, and also, I don't know if you remember this, but Alex Jones used to be crazy in a good way. Was he? Yes. Like. In what good way? Alex Jones, one of his first, I can't remember what it was called, but one of his first documentaries was, um, I think it was bef either before or after a weirdo documentary on 9-11 <laughs> was, um, was about, a like, uh, banking scandals and stuff in the in the nineties. Like, he always came at it from a 
Well, not always. Not like David Icke level weird. That came level later. But um, he was he was one of those early voices that was actually like talking about about things whether they end up being true or not in like uh, international affairs and stuff like that. And then I didn't put I didn't really connect the politics that well until much later on, but uh, the Zeitgeist movies were a huge influence on, I mean, everyone in my generation. Oh, man. Fuck. I've never even saw those. Really? Never no. either. You, you, you should. They should all three be on YouTube. The first, the first one is really esoteric. Um, it's good, but the, the second two really break apart, like, the actual ideas and, like... And, like, the first one is really just, like, designed to to grab an audience. Uh, Got to consider YouTube in, like, 2006, 7, something like that. Um, uh, but, you know, those are, those are really, really good and really, like, foundational to that, like, anti-establishment... Um, futuristic... Uh, like way of of thinking about the world and everything, which I guess leads into um, uh, you you mentioned before um, uh, H bomb and his uh, Donkey Kong stream, and uh, Ollie had a uh, Shakespeare stream oh, yeah. uh, last year. And there's been a few others like that on throughout the throughout the community. Um, last year there was a pretty much community wide. Some people might debate that, but basically a community wide um, boycott or strike or whatever of of YouTube. Oh yeah. On BreadTube between the creators and the community over. Um, more changes in the in the guidelines. I can't remember what they what they did what YouTube did to uh to to stir that 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 time. They're always doing something to fuck with creators. It ends up fucking people Wasn't it like they're taking their um they're demonetizing them for more things so they couldn't make any money off their videos. Yeah, it was yeah. And was, they were like hiding them in the algorithm. It was one of those kinds of yeah, oh. dirty little dirty little tricks. Yeah. But They're, for some reason, right YouTube are the only ones that ever talk about like being aggrieved over YouTube's uh, demonetization policy. I mean, only specifically for the, uh, like, they believe it's for the content of their videos and that it's inherently biased, even though, like, most uh, uh, videos that come out under, like, BreadTube are at least restricted. Right. And that, like, diminishes audiences and also keeps kids from videos that would actually probably help them understand their world a little bit better. Right. But instead, PragerU is, like, actually yeah. being giving out to the people at schools. Jesus Christ, it's so fucking stupid. It's, it's kind of genius in another way, too, though. Right. God damn. Like, I'm pretty sure Alabama is, like, they made PragerU part of their uh, NIT program to avoid, like, the virus. 
so so yeah the the right is mobilizing their resources and i think it's essential that we we do the same and operate on the on the grounds that we have have to work on and you know that that happens on on a micro kind of scale but i mean you know, I, ideally on on some kind of interlaced level, that's what we're trying to do here at Indie Carnival, you know, is to have an actual like net network of of creators that can collaborate and work together and do do bigger things, both creatively and, you know, for the for the greater good. And I think uh, BreadTube as a whole is just uh, a magnification of that kind of that kind of I- idea, um, at least at least potentially. Uh, there are some people who just see it as more uh, YouTubery, but and you know at at some level. It is, but when you have a platform and and you're able to mobilize, then, you know, as Ollie's pointed out in a, in a couple of videos now, the public doesn't exist, and that's important to remember as, as artists. <clears throat> you know, like... The public is a construction. Right, the public is, is a construction, and the audience is a specific type of of public that's like hyper focused on its um, on the base of its construction basically um, and so that's why like it's it's important the especially like taking the context of a band you know it's really important what you put across of of what your band is and that's why like a public image is so important um for for musicians because you know take take be good Aaron is Aaron you know I mean go watch the videos you'll you'll get it and he's exactly like that on drums. Um, and Brian is a drunk, pissy dad. He sure is. You know, and Gotta everyone for it, right? And you, you, Jacob and Aunt are really playing off of those energies more than anything. You like, like jacked you off guys, onto a drum set. What? Jacked off onto a drum set. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we. Yeah. We're doing the the party band thing. Exactly. But it's, it's led by the ethos of Brian. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, it's it's got that like it's got that almost almost middle age like you can see middle age and you're terrified and so you're just getting drunk and trying to forget about it kind of vibe to it. Yeah. At least of the like the live show, and that's why, be good is so good. At the bar. Yeah. 
because that's 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 the audience that it constructs and that's the place to have that now at the same time people who just want to have a drink and don't want to hear about fucking car bomb well no or about fucking uh, (laughs) no they i'm sure they i'm sure they do they don't have that's they don't have a problem with with car bomb i don't think i was actually leaning more towards uh who don't want to hear about you know like Marxist revolution and oh, like yeah, the cops and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know that. Probably yeah. So that's not where that audience gathers, and that's not where you're going to find an audience like that. And you know, like I feel house or like right, and I feel like an actual venue, like a dedicated venue. Wouldn't it be nice? Why? I mean, if our town didn't have so many like Nazis. In it, That's then like all the more reason to <laughs> to have a fucking safe house. Oh no, I mean like there'd be plenty of bars around town that like are rougher, right? Like air quote, but then like you might get thrown through a window. And and like <laughs> that did happen at one of the bars in town. I mean, they might, I guess, if they're really skilled at window throwing. <laughs> and see, that's, and that's where it becomes hard for a band like, like, Fox, like Foxes, and I think for Makewell as well, but I just honestly just try to play off of what you and now Steven are, do and just find the most interesting, fun way to interpret that. I don't try to, like, get into your head of, like, how you in- internalize the band or whatever, but to me, uh, I'm trying to fuck. like paint the uh, psychology of the struggle without getting too deep into praxis. Yeah, see, that's kind of what what Foxes is just is naturally a lot of times just because we live in the in the struggle and it ends up coming coming out that way. Yeah. Um. But like, the audience. What makes it hard is like the audience we kind of aspire to is contemplative like, and gives a shit and like listens to it. Right. And it's like, you know, your your jetpacks audience, your Manchester audience, yeah. like an actual dedicated fan base who gives a fuck about the music and everything. Right. And that's really hard to to build. Um and but at some point, you know, hopefully you you catch wind and things start to start to build out from there. And that's the same thing with, um, you know, with, with this whole broader spectrum of, of leftist, uh, content creation and red two specifically, there's nothing to stop people. And, uh, American Johnson of Non-Compete, who has also been a really informative one for me, um, has been pushing really hard and put out a video today that I haven't got to watch yet, actually, um, on the need for a general strike right now. Mm. And that can be the audience that we on the left create. Like, you know, you can't just just all blame it on just uh, on people and just their natural inclination to just to just watch things and and tune out. 
you if you create your audience then you also play some role not responsibility but some role in in their mobilization you have the ability to actually like encourage people to get out and and do things become an influencer exactly yeah like in like genuinely influence people to to praxis and i feel like that shift is happening on some level like the on some level and for some for some people and you know i feel like as as the as the funnel tightens more get get shot out and get left get left out of it and the focus becomes more more narrow and people that you know were were good and helpful a year ago become an issue and problematic now or later on down the road that kind of things ha thing happens as you as you grow um, but I think the shift now needs to be to um, actual like real real praxis and real um, real material gains and and action and have, did you see the uh, the praxis cycle that I put up on on Facebook no. um, someone mentioned it in a recent uh, TMBS but it's this the cycle of, of praxis is theory action reflection and so, like, let's say, start with, with a theory, with, with the, with the idea, um, we're going to, we're going to start, uh, an, an anti-fascist rock and roll organization and use that to network bands to, to communities for community protection and we're going to have uh, a meeting and invite a hundred people and we're going to give out sign up sign up sheets for email lists and all those things and we're going to expect to get um, 20 people to sign up <clears throat> and so we do the thing and that you know action we do the thing and and then maybe uh, 200 people show up, but only 10 people sign up. And so reflection is where we discuss it, reflect on it, figure out what we did wrong, what we did right, and reincorporate that into theory again and go back around again and hone and hone and hone. And there's only one piece of that, of that puzzle that we can't play a role into or at least not directly like we can but like within the confines of this little little uh digital box that you're listening to yeah. uh, we can provide theory which you know has has happened but if we actually get involved and and then can come back to our microphones and everything, then we can also provide the reflection and keep the cycle going on a broad scale to, to where these 
these struggles actually start to build momentum because they all start to go in a in a direction and feel like there's a certain sense of it's a movement movement and and guidance and everything yeah. everything to it and there needs to be a a bread tube union that definitely needs needs to happen um let us on means tv please i i I know it's probably like really fucking complicated. I've tried to set up an SVOD just for us. I can imagine like setting up one for a bunch of creators. But by the way, there's an app now. They have a they have a bunch of the good people on it. Um and it's free, but there's also a like a, a paid plan that has a whole bunch of documentaries and uh special shows on it called Means TV. It's on the it's on the Play Store. You should download it and um, because it's nice to just wake up. It's like I'm just gonna just skip the whole YouTube thing and just go straight to left content. Um, but um, but also there needs to be like some kind of bread tube international or something like that. Like there needs to be like more more forum on on the debates and not just like snarky Twitter arguments and, and stuff like actual, like real, like praxial dialectics about what the best way to move forward in, in the position that we find ourselves in right now, because we're in a very precarious position. We are at the, we're at a, we're at a collapsing point of capitalism where there isn't anything left to to capitalize on. Like nothing there's left to steal. Right. There's nothing left to steal. There's nothing really left to steal. And like, what do you get for the man who has everything and doesn't appreciate it? <laughs> Toilet paper, apparently. Right. Or a corn cob, if you're Mike Huckabee. Y'all see that shit? No. What? Yeah, we talked about doing the game today. Yeah. He. He, he tweeted, uh, people from the South know what to do if you don't have any TP. Just get a corn on the cob. The corn's not important. It's the cob part. Just don't flush it down the toilet. Oh, my God. But yeah. Just like, yeah, poor people, just wipe your ass with corn. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus. By the way, Mike Huckabee has stock in big corn. <laughs> not really. That <laughs> would just be perfect. I was like, shit, does he? Corn sales skyrocket as Mike Huckabee <laughs> prevents that was an alternative to toilet paper. Please tell me it is. No one thinks it is cheaper to buy fucking corn than toilet paper. Well, it's not even that it's expensive thing. to buy toilet paper. It's that you can't find it in stores because people panic bought it, and now that warehouses can't get it out okay, to stores in time. Okay, but literally any other kind of paper yeah. over over corn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you ever felt like a corn cob? I mean, what are you just I've like, never just, put just a corn cob in my asshole, no, well, no. I'm just yeah. imagining well, you fucking... don't shove it in there. <laughs> I'm you just don't fucking near my asshole. <laughs> I'm just imagining Mike Huckabee just sitting there fucking chipmucking on a fucking corn cob. Being like, mmm, just gonna... Mm, sweet corn, mm-mm. You know, setting it down for a second, picking up his bass, just fucking just going to town on... Yeah, and then all of a sudden just like working up and just a feeling in his gut and just, oh, oh man. 
and then just picking up the corn <laughs> the corn cob off the table and just like I knew this was good for later. Right. Oh my God. Oh. Mike Huckabee shits and <laughs> eats corn and plays bass all at the same time. <laughs> I'm certain of it. Oh man. Can't believe, no wonder they gave him a show on Fox News. Oh, absolutely. That's what he does all day on that show. <laughs> Shit and eat corn. Yeah, you just corn can't bass. see it. Yep. You know, when you uh, when we said we were going to talk about Ollie, I was like, and we watched his latest video, I was like, oh man, I get to like talk about how much I hate Plato because Plato <laughs> fucking sucks, but it's not well, like, I mean, he's you know, literally just a prodigy of his time and refused to change. That's the only reason I don't like him is because well, like he's blatantly just that. He refuses to change with the time. It's 2020, <laughs> Plato. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like, wasn't like, um. Get real. Get real, Plato. Fucking get with the times. His, uh... Whatever the, the, whatever the fuck his name is, the guy who uh, studied underneath him was like... Here's, Aristotle? Yeah, Aristotle. He was like, here's your plan, but here's how it's, like, Plato. can be better. Plato was like, nah, but this is how it was in my day. And right. he critiqued everything. Like how we watched in Ollie's video last night, the theater, well, yeah. he critiqued it all the time. Yeah, remember, Plato's like a, uh... I don't give a shit. Huh? I don't give a shit. You don't give a shit? <laughs> you don't give a shit? What were you going to say, Nolan? Well, now I don't remember, but... Wait, no, was Socrates a war hero, or what Socrates was? See, I'm... Plato's, like, though... Now, again, I could get fucking torn to pieces for this, but... there's We're not entirely sure Plato actually existed, right? right? Or if yeah. he was just, like, no, basically actually... a, uh, a Socratic diet creation... You're well, right, he wrote, you're right. He wrote all of the, the... Socrates never wrote anything down. It was all recorded by, by Plato. Okay, and so... So Socrates might not be real? Socrates just might not be real. Okay, so, okay. And Socrates was apparently you know, like a war hero, and you know the whole thing with his like apology, which by the way, that's the first sarcastic apology in history, I think. Because <laughs> he... Who's like apologizing for the fact he's like, I'm sorry you're all a bunch of bitch asses and think yeah. that I'm an atheist, even though I'm not. Um, but, you know, whatever, you're going to do what you're going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Deuces. And then the, the guard that like feeds him the fucking hemlock is like crying because he doesn't want to kill him. It was but like a weird, uh, yeah. They, they. It's really, see, it's more interest. Well, it's not more interesting, but it makes more sense. It's easier to wrap my head around if uh, if Plato is is the creation is like the mental uh, workout or whatever that uh, like the Socratic dialogue that Socrates is having. Yeah. Um, because then Plato is is a stick in the mud. Yeah. Who creates yeah. a like someone to have a like conversation with and every and dialogue with. That is like he's arguing against like the the younger, more progressive from that time and typically more correct stance of Socrates from a like hard stick in the mud position. So you you've gotta wonder what his angle was on that, like what he was actually like trying to get get across to that audience at that time. If, if Socrates was an invention of Plato, that he's using, like, the, um, the anger that 
Socrates instilled in people as like a uh, an excuse for how he's probably received, you know? Yeah. Because he's like, if 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 Socrates is a complete invention, like all of those dialogues that he wasn't even there for, didn't happen exactly how he said they were. You know, they like a lot of ancient texts are just like just entirely imagined conversations. They're like to a T, like really fleshed out, and. We're yeah, they've had thousands take... of, like, years to orally retell that story. Yeah, that too. But, like, I mean... No, yeah. Like, there's... the same thing with, like, the Gospels and stuff. Well, like... yeah, that's... I was going to say, the Gospels are of that... Of that type yeah. of, uh, of... Of... Of writing uh, to... Same us. thing with Homer. Yeah. yeah. Like... I don't... Like, I don't... Herodotus, also. Versus Jordan. So I don't, the thing is, like, I, I completely understand, like, this, like, the Socratic method. I, it's actually, like, really, really. It's formative philosophy, for sure. Yeah, really influential on my, on my philosophy, and, like, um, one of, like, the key things that, that get me thinking more philosophically as opposed to religiously or whatever, um, and, asking asking questions but it's just interesting what angle uh plato was coming at it from because at least to me socrates seems to make to make more sense than than plato does but did but it's interesting if he if Plato was actually genuinely speaking from his position, then it's interesting that he actually like gave Socrates, quote unquote, such a strong like argument all the time. Yeah. Well, he he's supposed to be like a mentor or like have or he's yeah. supposed to have been mentored by Socrates. So I just think he's trying to aggrandize his own his own worldview by creating a fictionalized like ubermensch kind of character right that holds his like as a, a strain of his beliefs and what he does is he'll like refine it to so that he can be like on top now yeah and then Aristotle does the same thing in the next generation uh, so yeah like they all deviate that's how they get off is just being like well I think you're up to a point but uh right so however we oh yeah because you wanted to talk about Plato that's it you happy yeah good oh yeah we sure did talk about Plato didn't we more like Plato <laughs> oh. but uh you know there's two ways to look at the at the post-war boom you can look at it as the like as a successful way to to manage capitalism and you know we can if it weren't for uh, for certain for certain factors like uh, like the like the six-day war and the OPEC nations um, uh, like 
like they wouldn't sell us oil or something like that because they were pissed at us for backing Israel, and that created like the crash in the seventies and all of that. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um. And oh, by the way, everybody, the reason why um gas is super cheap right now is because um Saudi Arabia, I think it was Saudi Arabia. Uh, slashed the prices on oil by like fifty percent, like a month ago. That's that's why. Uh, but anyway, um, and fucking stay. Our war. friends, the Saudis, <laughs> right? Yeah, our largest ally, the yeah. Saudis. Um, what was I saying? Six six day war. Oh yeah. Um, but the the other way to look at it is that the devastation of the of the world wars created a boom in the manufacturing economy that um, sustained the American middle class through the 1960s when all of that work was done and Europe had been rebuilt then the then the sectors of power moved the manufacturing capabilities to the uh, to the global south, where they had imperial hegemony and they could control the the states and and turn the bourgeois economies into um, into the demand economies that you see today. And I say that to say that. Even under the the best circumstances, if you know, up up to Bloody Monday and Super Tuesday, we were winning, and our strategy was correct. The strategy was to get a strong, solid thirty percent in every state, and that would and that would rack up enough enough wins that we could get a plurality and go on and and force a victory at the convention if we had to. That was all working until the perfect storm of Bloody Monday of everyone dropping out and endorsing Biden, yeah. except for Warren, who stayed in to siphon votes, votes. Beto came out of nowhere to endorse Biden to give him Texas. Like, all these things are work against us all at the perfect moment. Yep, we got owned. We got owned. Um, and it's... We thought shit mattered. And <coughs> it's not completely over yet, but feel good about the fact that we were fucking winning. And we were we were right. Our, our plan and strategy was right. Things were... Mistakes we made, especially coming out of Super Tuesday, and we couldn't have predicted how bad... This would all fall out. Can you imagine? It's only been like a couple weeks since that. Right. I know. Like, the world is moving Shit. so fucking oh, slow. Fuck. Um, I feel like I'm a fucking kid again. Um, yeah, so, so much actually, has like I happened. I actually don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You right. Know? Yeah, you weird. could wake up and the world could be over. But even under the, yeah, but even under the best, the, the, best, <laughs> the best circumstances of us of COVID never happening and us winning Super Tuesday and 
taking that momentum and and winning and winning down ballot and everything. And by 2024, Bernie sweeps the whole country like you haven't seen since FDR. And we have like real control of the House and Senate, like our people in the House and Senate. I still think that at that point, we're going to start to rub, rub up, once we have the ability to use that power, we're going to rub up against what we're actually capable of doing in this situation. I think the Green New Deal presents a potentiality of, of that kind of social democratic system, but it's, it's only a holdover, and it's either going to collapse into a capitalism that has nothing to build upon, so it's just going to feast, or it's going to expand out. But we may be at a point that we don't have a capitalism to build a social democracy on for much longer. And we're going to, and it comes down to socialism or barbarism, and the forces of barbar, barbarism are mobilized. Well, and, I'll tell you what, I just recently watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road, and there's a guitarist with a flamethrower <laughs> at the head of his fucking guitar. And uh, if we do go down barbarism path, I know I have a uh, career set out for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so no one is off of it, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely throwing my hat in the socialism. I'm just saying, you know, you gotta have a fallback. <laughs> and if, if and your fallback is meat bag guitar player. Yeah, I guess so. Or no, he was blood bag. Whatever they are, the, whatever those, they were the bad people. I'd be a nice flamethrower wielding guitarist, though. I would hope, you know. Oh, Try your best. Also, uh, Angie speaks. Peter Coffin, Bad Mouse. Mm. Um, thought slime. Thoughts. Oh, fucking thought slime. Fucking love that dude. Um, <clears throat> also, Scaredy Cats is his oh, yeah. other, other channel. Um, I'm trying to think of other people we haven't, haven't, haven't mentioned. mentioned yet. Contra you haven't mentioned ContraPoints, yeah. Oh, so I'm guessing please. that that's Angela. what Ollie was talking about in this. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. What do you, what? Which, which part? The, Maybe the friend. Part? That he did a video for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that whole right, that, that whole thing. scandal. Yeah. Oh my god! Because of uh, uh what's what's her? The, who? Who was the person that said the shit? See, I can't remember. I don't. I don't, know. I don't it was like over so fast because she was just like, I apologize for everything that was assumed, you know, the things right. that need to happen, and then it was over with. It. Natalie hasn't been on Twitter since then, except to come out and be like, "Hey, I'm video. endorsing Bernie." Right. Uh, Mexi. Um, Mexi is great. Um, Bad Empanada. Uh, Did we talk about Jamie and Antifada? No, because we mostly, other than mentioning Chavo, we mostly stuck to, to bread oh, too. We didn't get Hannah into and Jake? Like, huh? Eh, they're not really, they're more atheists. Okay. Well, I mean, Hugh, Hugo is more than, I mean, they're both. Jake's at least a social democrat who... Wait, Hugo's her dead name. Uh, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah. Um, Hannah is... Yeah, thank you. Um, Hannah is definitely more more on the left. Um, yeah. But they were one of the first ones 
that I watched because I also like like the the new atheist. Oh thing. yeah, because they do a lot of those videos critiquing Christian Dude, shows and stuff. My yeah. I, I you, think Duncan Jordan Peterson all the time. Well. If you haven't, you the first ones are are like rough audio wise, and it's I forget when they actually like start doing video with it, but the um, the Bible studies yeah are great. I, yes, I love the Atheist Bible Studies. Bible Reloaded is great. Also. Yeah. That theme song That's, yeah, fucks. that's, yeah. Um, the channel used to be the Bible Reloaded, and they're like, ah, well, that yeah. may be too, because it, you know, uh, that whole, like, new atheist thing, kind of, it went out, and it kind right. of coalesced. Got replaced by Gamergate, kind of. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and it took a right turn and that tendency was always kind of there yeah. but it's interesting because as much of a cuck as he is um there was a a documentary uh it was a, a bbc documentary that that dawkins did and in one of the ep it was like a four-part a documentary series and i think the last one or something he was talking about uh, social Darwinism, like in eugenics and stuff, and no, he was like arguing against it because he was like the whole uh, thing was about like natural selection. And everything is like, yes, natural selection is. To paraphrase, he said natural selection is a uh, is a beautiful orderly way for for nature to to grow and and advance and blah 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 blah. It's a horrible way. To organize a society. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so at the foundational point where I'm like learning evolutionary theory and everything and like actually like really understanding like that whole those whole concepts that was really important to immediately by one of the central figures have that whole like idea no this doesn't connect to that you know you can't make a connection of like oh yeah well uh, people like well if survival of the fittest then if we just euthanize um like the like weak and sick people then only the fittest will survive and blah 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 like that doesn't work like that right. and also that's barbaric nature is terrifying um and then there were like and then there are other other people, and there'd be things like, like, shootings and stuff would happen, and so, my, my take would be, would be, you know, center left at the, at the time, and I still think there needs to be some conversation about guns, I don't think, basically, basic compromise for me, I don't think that cops should have, um, anything the citizenry can't have. And vice versa. So if it's like, if it's too heavy for the people to have, then the cops can't have it. If it's okay for them to have, then we can have it. Um, but also like you know, mental health and all those kinds of like checks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's definitely a conversation to be had there. Yeah, maybe stop hiring uh, known uh, fucking Nazis and stuff. That too, you know. And so um, I feel like the my assumption of what a cop looks like has always been way too correct and I'd like for that to be something change. that could change. Yeah. You'd never see a cop with dreads. 
And if you do, oh man. But anyway, so we've uh, we've gone over many, many things. But if you're still here, um, since I'll probably whore this out and tag a bunch of people on Twitter in this, um, if you are if you are a oh um fuck. I can, um... If you are a fuck? If you are a fuck. No, um... Actual, actual context? I know that's your, uh... It's a... is a... Actually... Follows me on, on Twitter. Uh, or Mutuals on... On Twitter. is a really cool dude. Has a really good, um... Really good channel. Um... That... People should check out. I will... I remember to tag it in the fucking description because I don't have my phone on me to check my subs right now and I'm high and I'm sorry that I can like picture your avatar but I'm blanking on it but anyway to all the creators that are listening thank you keep doing what you're doing we're gonna keep trying to incorporate um, left ideas and theory and Praxis and reflection into what what we do. Um, I don't know if "try" is the word for just it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. It just so it we just, stopped not trying. Right. Yeah. See. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Right. Also, um, at some point this week, uh, it'll be slightly outdated, and we'll probably uh, record a quick little thirty second update to it. But there will be a does it science special. Um, coming out on COVID, which... Oh, hell yeah. Um, so, and that's definitely, definitely got some truth in it. Um, but (laughs) to, to everyone listening, um, do things. Like, whatever it, whatever it may be, uh, if you're old enough and you want to, run, run for local office. If you are disgusted by electoral politics... I don't blame you. Establish dual powers. Right. Make the state redundant. Um, go, go to inhabit.global. Um, some friends of mine put together, I don't know if you call it a, a manifesto or a guideline or a little bit of, a little bit of both, but it's a good, uh, it's a good tool to help, help visualize how you can take a conversation and build that into, uh, into community efforts into direct action and uh, networks and eventually into alternatives to actual real real power and that's what uh, what we need to be doing and so whatever your part to play is um, happy to to fight alongside solidarity forever um, go to uh, all the people I mentioned, they all have Patreons, and as no one mentioned, uh, fucking YouTube is just destroying people on uh, monetization and everything, and a lot of your favorite creators, if, you know, your favorite creators are good, like we've mentioned tonight, uh, are relying on their, on their Patreons, so go support them, if you want to support us, that's awesome. Um, and good luck surviving the next few 
Forevers. And if you haven't had a chance to, uh, vote for Bernie. And if you have, Thank you. do it again. Bye. Yep.